We are two bold music education experts and longtime teaching partners from Seattle. We're famous for our out-of-the-box approaches. We're known for identifying and dismantling old, worn-out structures that no longer serve us, and we're celebrated for taking time to laugh out loud at the funny, funny stuff we observe in the biz. The Beth and Kelly Show seeks fellow change agents connected to music, education, and music education to join us in spontaneous conversational journeys that unearth revolutionary ideas for music education's next iteration. Jump in with the Beth and Kelly Show and join the coalition. Well, we're back. We're back. <laughs> like it or not, folks, the Beth and Kelly Show is back. Season three, September. We're doing this damn thing. It's been a summer, you know, and it wouldn't be September without a Seattle public schools teachers strike and smoke in the air. So right. all is right with the world. <laughs> right. Our compadres are all wearing red and like marching up and down the streets with picket signs. That's right. Red for Ed folks. And yep. I actually on the first day of the strike went and did at least 3.69 miles with the Ballard High School staff. And um, it was it was good to be representing and holding that line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Uh, P.S. The signs are real good this year. I They're love the signs. Slanted. Whoever Listen. made the signs yeah. like rules. Yes. I have it as my like profile picture on Facebook right now. I love it. Yes. Yeah, um, so, um, yeah man. And uh, I actually got some rocks off of Craigslist for free from a teacher. I didn't know they were a teacher. I just, you know, showed up at her house with a wheelbarrow. And this was a couple of days before the strike began in yeah. those question days. And she is an occupational therapist for the district. And I just, um, at, you know, wanted to learn about her experience last year and what what the union was talking about and how that would really um those changes would impact daily life and I learned a lot and it just reminded me that like man we've been doing this teaching thing for a long time and and trying to be really good um uh colleagues to the other teachers in our building but I don't know what everyone's job is like these are real like these are really important things that are being bargained for right now. I mean, it's really, what it boils down to is like not putting on the teacher's shoulder shoulders to have to like break themselves to serve the kids. Right. And the problem we got here is that the teachers will break themselves to serve the kids they're gonna have yeah they're gonna do whatever is needed for every student in that room to be served and there are so many things that could make serving the students easier especially in the really high level stuff that the district is wanting to do such as Mm -hmm. full-on inclusion classrooms and making sure that all students in an inclusion setting are served right. uh, it's but the school board are can't be the people saying what teachers need to be able to do that right the teachers, teachers are saying what they need the district is not listening and it's time to strike you know yeah, they're saying what they need and it's not just like i need a coffee you know or right. i need a I need extra money. It's like, this is what I need to literally serve the children in my classroom classroom and who I am in charge of serving. Right. And otherwise what's going to happen is that the teacher is going to serve the, the students. So don't worry, the teacher will serve the students, but at what cost the teacher right. is going to die every day a little bit more and they it's just going to chisel away 
as if last year wasn't literally the hardest time to teach on record mm-hmm. we're entering into a new fresh hell mm-hmm. if these things don't get passed mm-hmm. um and the teacher will serve i i guarantee it it's just mm-hmm. going to be at the cost, cost of their health, the cost and of at the time. cost of student learning and happiness and well-being. Right. You know? Right. And um I, I really hope the district does what they need to do to make it right. Me too. I uh, you know, before the strike, I um was at a board meeting <clears throat> for a new board that I serve on. And um, was taught, you know, getting, I'm new. So I was getting to know my compadres. And this gentleman was um, wearing like a punk rock t-shirt. I was like, all right, we're going <laughs> to get along. Hide. All right. <laughs> um, and, you know, generally people who serve on arts boards are pretty liberal folks anyway. And then we're in Seattle. And um so I was really surprised when uh, this gentleman asked, you know, how my summer was going. And I was like, you know, summers are different for me now that I work at a nonprofit and not in the schools. And he went on a little thing about how, um, you know, teachers were so, I have this fly that's buzzing me. <gasps> I see me that. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, how you know, teachers were so lucky to get the whole summer off and, you know, looking at his friends who are teachers, Facebook pages and seeing all their vacation photos was like, you know, how he could understand why people would grumble at teachers asking for more money. And I was like, whoa, homie, hold up for a minute. I was like, first of all, I'm pretty sure none of those vacations were to Europe. I'm they were like camping with the family, right? Yeah. Um, first of all, um, second of all, 90% of the teachers I know have some sort of side hustle slash summer jobs. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Uh, three, it's not three months off when you get done with the cleaning up the room and that mandatory stuff. And then the back to the school meetings, it's one month, which is, you know, only like a week more than most other fields and PPS bro, number H, um, uh, excuse me. Teachers are not paid for the summer. No, it is a 10 month contract and you are paid for that time we just allow it to be doled out over 12 months so basically the school district can collect interest on our own money okay i mean i like went a little hard you're not going hard because like and i would also venture to say that even if you did go to europe Mm. even if you did go to europe yeah as a teacher all the power to you. I hope you had fun. Yeah. And yes. um, it you probably saved up to be able to do that. And yep. um, I can guarantee. And or you married up. Good for you. <laughs> right. I can guarantee that a good portion of that trip to Europe was spent un, undoing damage, mm-hmm. healing, mm-hmm. Um, maybe slightly brain dead like i can't do anything but just sit here but at least i'm in a cafe at least i've got my croissant (laughs) (laughs) you know and um i i will also go there about um you know seattle public schools i i would have to say as far as teacher pay Teacher pay here is relatively good um, in Seattle public schools. Um, It's one of the top in the nation, honestly. And the things that we're striking for are proper compensation for the type of like work that will break you. It's like, and it's like, you need to be compensated for this and resources need to be provided whether that's more personnel, mm-hmm. 
help um, different other resources that are going to help your job be easier and then workload like thinning. So like take this off teacher's plates, mm-hmm. add this help. Right. And it's like, I would, I would literally get my checkbook out and write a check to the district <laughs> if I didn't have to go and teach there. <laughs> so, and in essence, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> that's what I'm doing. Dude. Okay. So there's like, so that conversation led me into, well, my, um, my boss, Lori sent along this article about like boards, nonprofit boards and like, what's, what's happening there. Maybe we ought to reimagine how those things work. We both find ourselves on several of those. Um, but I'm just like, I'm just sort of thinking, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know what I'm trying to say, except for people either understand and love teachers and appreciate them and want them to have what they need because I believe the children are our future. Teach them well. They will lead the way. Thank you, Whitney. Okay. (laughs) You can, right. That's the thing. And like, we are a better place to live if people are educated. Right. (laughs) Right. Um, that or, or what, I don't even know what the, or could be. It's like tripping me out. What, how could no one, how could a person not think that and trying to unravel what that is? And I, I don't really have any answers, but my answer is go try the work, go try the work work and find out how redonk it is, you know, um, just cruising through TikTok, you get a barrage of like everything that is like really just flat out redonk about being a teacher. <laughs> like, yeah. do you remember? Um, I'm sure you do. You've done this several times. I've done. Yeah. I've done this several times. Um, laying in bed, sick as a dog. Like, I can't literally look at this thing or I will puke kind of thing but you're frantically at 6 12 a.m composing lesson plans and like an administrator to teach because you know there won't be a music sub because there's a shortage an administrator or another person on staff so you know you know that the orchestra teacher or the choir teacher is going to be filling in or the, the art teacher or whatever. And you're sick as a dog and you're like combing through your brain about how this is going to work. And you're completely overwhelmed with anxiety. I mean, like we can't, we can't even be sick and without like literal worry. I mean, yeah. And it's institutionalized. In fact, an administrator said to me once, if it's not coming out both ends, you're well enough to come to school. Right. Dude. Dude. Right. And you know, post COVID that cannot be something that is a thing anymore, but, um, but it's just like, or, the idea of attending a PD conference. Like, um, you know, I I spoke with several um, leaders of the Washington Music Educators Association um, a month ago. And some of the things that bubbled up as like concerns to them are like, I can't get my constituents to the conference because their school district or the admin at their school will not let them out mm-hmm. to go to our PD offerings. Mm-hmm. Um, like they are 
disciplined for attending Mm -hmm. collegial Mm -hmm. events and professional development. They are disciplined. And yet, and yet, how many doctors go to conferences for professional development all the time? Like, that's a field where you have to go to school for a really long time uh, to do something that's really important for our society. Well, yeah, I mean, super duper well and honored with conferences. Right. But, and yet, in order to maintain a teaching certificate, you have to show that you get, you know, a hundred credits of PD. Which means you do them during the summer. It's not vacation. Right. Or in the (laughs) evening or on the weekends. And they're not giving you opportunities to get this PD and you are actually getting in trouble and you are actually getting disciplined and like getting letters from HR saying that you're gone too many times for things. Mm -hmm. It's just like, it's just so frustrating. Dude, that used to happen to us. We would get in trouble for wanting to go to conference. Yup. Oh, totally. Totally. Uh... I also think that like maybe people don't align themselves as allies with teachers because like everyone can remember that one teacher they hated. Right. And they like don't want that person to have what they want. Right. Or something. This must be like a uniquely American feeling. There aren't a lot of places in the world that like don't want things to be better for their kids than they had it. Like, what's up with that? That's right. Something I've been thinking about a lot. Well, it's not necessarily that. It's really just an inability to see the whole picture beyond your own family or your own checkbook or your own lived experience yeah your own lived experience if it affects you or your family you have reason to be concerned if it affects like other people and has nothing to do with you you're not concerned about it why should money be spent on it it's not something that we should be spending money on Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, our associations spent an inordinate amount of time advertising something that is still actually a mystery to me called the ESSR funds, where where post-COVID, there was supposedly, apparently something like, you know, a billion dollars or something that was going directly to education and directly to states and directly to districts. And it was supposed to be for enhancements and helping get things going again. And, you know, one would think arts, the arts enhancements, no, no. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No. Nope. I I have not seen any money from that. (laughs) Yeah. I've never heard of it. Uh, dude. Well, I like that as a segue into talking about the camp that you taught at Jazz Ed. Kind of seeing past a way of past a lived experience. I mean, let me tell you, dude, when I proposed that camp, it sounded real crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but you knew like, it would work. Everybody. I just could imagine it working because you and I would do it together. Right. Um, you know, our parameters were way different, but like I could imagine it working. And like, what are the things that would be a real nightmare and trying to address all of them? Right. Well, you're like, okay, what would it take for this to work? Yeah. And that's what you built in. Okay. And this does actually connect to the the whole contract thing because 
amazing things are possible if something is built right, if something is supported correctly. So it was built right. Well, I mean, it is definitely like, I, okay, so like, let's explain a little we bit. You should explain it. what it is. So um, what we got here is a camp for elementary through eighth. Uh, rising fourth through eighth graders. Okay, rising fourth through eighth graders. And um, so, you know, these kids were either like third graders, a couple weeks prior. So just mm-hmm. imagine that age of kid mm-hmm. mixed all the way in with late seventh graders, mm-hmm. rising eighth graders. And right. um, the way the camp is built is that nobody goes it alone. As in like no teacher is stuck inventing the wheel by themselves. They've got a carefully curated partner mm-hmm. with them mm-hmm. who is also a specialist in that music and or a specialist in music education. Yeah. Ideally, um, somebody of a different gender, race, mm-hmm. both. Right. And someone with like a um, opposing um lived experience right so young middle-aged right super uh, <laughs> old school jazz cat with like some whippersnapper right. or, <laughs> exactly you know or like dog with you know, right. whatever <laughs> it is with a hippy dippy <laughs> right or like carlos and i carlos Ooh. is like an awesome young amazing guitarist out you know performing and gigging and like live in a rock star life along yeah. with a middle-aged kind of like been there done that seen quite a lot been through a lot lady mm-hmm. myself mm-hmm. I've taught for 21 years Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> and we teamed up and we taught the guitar kids and that's the other thing is like you offered literally every combo of instruments you know kids mm-hmm. could choose anything they wanted nothing Ten was, instruments yeah Ten nothing, instruments yeah yep. nothing was off limits we had guitar we had strings we had all band instruments percussion mm-hmm. um and it was just so cool um and kind of the premise was and people that signed their kids up were advised that this is an environment for beginners. So the ideal client here at this camp, people who have never played the instrument that they're going to learn. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we got some kids that maybe, oh, I played saxophone in band at school, but I got a little piano background. Right. Or, or yeah, or I'm going to this, but this time I'm going to learn cello or I've always wanted to learn the drums, even though I play flute at school or whatever. Yeah. It's like, you know, the pairing of teachers is the idea is like, you know, jazz music is a community music, um, one that's influenced by various traditions. So like, and cultures. Yeah. So like feeding off of each other's ideas is healthy for us as adult musicians and teachers we're learning something by collaborating but also the kids are seeing it happen and they don't know each other but the teachers don't know each other it's like a real it it starts to feel like uh a, a little ecosystem it's an ecosystem and it's real organic and it grows the way it grows you know like my tomato plants out in the back they like I got a jungle going on there, folks. I had to like put up like extra trousers yeah. and stuff like these. But the tomatoes are delicious. <laughs> the tomatoes are delicious. But like what I also noticed at the camp was that, well, okay. So I'm putting myself into the position of being a parent. Okay, I'm a parent and I have this opportunity to sign my kid up for, folks, this is a free camp, by the way. 
BT right. dub. It's free. You can't even get a babysitter for that cheap. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, okay. And so I'm like, all right, what else? It's a free camp. They say that the kid is going to learn how to play an instrument in four days. Okay, whatever. At, at least they'll be busy. Be my, That's fine. Yeah, they'll be out of my hair for four days mm-hmm. and I can go to Target and get some teep. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. But so I if I were a parent, I would be pretty skeptical. I'd be like, okay, whatever, but it's free. Right. Drop the kid off. And then the promise is after this camp on the friday mm-hmm. <laughs> parents show up at one o'clock and there's a concert mm-hmm. and you know as a parent if i i'm putting myself in that role as mm-hmm. a parent i would be like this is going to be something mm-hmm. and walk into that environment going should i have brought my ear plugs you know like is this going to be a squeak and squawk we're already with them in (laughs) yeah is this going to be a squeak and squawk fest Mm -hmm. and you and I as music educators we know we know we know that it's not it's going to be delightful yes and in four days yeah every one of those students was able to play their instrument they played a gig, man. They a played a gig. gig. In four days, <clears throat> every kid learned how to make the sounds and play the songs that we played. And, you know, it's real notable that this camp did not involve one stitch of printed music notation. Mm-hmm not the one right yet yet this camp included the playing of myriads of styles of music Mm -hmm. um all kinds of creative contributions by the students themselves um like we we literally did a, a thing where we were with one of our upcoming guests by the way stay tuned we got to learn from Steve Tressler how to, what is it, sound paint? Sound painting. Sound painting. And that, my friends, is composition. It is creating. It is standards-based. And it was, like, mm-hmm. so amazing and so creative. And everybody came together. Like, I loved the fact that this wasn't necessarily the, you know, stand at the podium and conduct kind of concert. Oh, all the teachers. So much better than that. Yeah. Parents were weeping. Yeah. Weeping. Yeah. Years of like ecstasy watching and hearing their kid having fun and like doing a thing. Doing a thing. And yeah, it is a camp. Yeah, it is the summer. But we went from zero to playing an instrument together in groups. Yeah. Um, in four days. Yeah. What does, what does this say about the structures that we as music educators construct mm-hmm. to, well, I guess it's kind of like dole out the learning. Right. I'm doing a little travel here into my kitchen to uh, everyone's getting a tour of La Kelly's pad here. Got some major uh, technical difficulties going on, friends. That's cool. Listen, when you are a music educator, you are a problem solver. And I am solving this problem while we talk about this camp that I love so very much. I think we should talk about how it works because like, Honestly, I didn't, um, I didn't know that you liked it so much. Well, it was, it was just like, you know, a demonstration that it just, it literally demonstrates one of our favorite things to say. Mm -hmm. The kids can play. (laughs) Did you mute yourself, bro? 
this might be a problem I don't know how to solve. <laughs> there is no sound coming from Beth at this time. We're turning it up. We don't know. We don't know why that's happening. <laughs> Nerp. <laughs> oh, snap. <laughs> I can see your lips moving. It's funny. <laughs> I like the idea that everyone else can hear you except for me. I also like the idea that no one can hear you. <laughs> Here's what I propose. We, uh, had a nice little conversation. <laughs> oh, no, I can hear you. What did you do? Nothing. It's <laughs> amazing. Well, we'll just, you know, cut out and post to this little tour of my house. <laughs> the no hearing of Beth thing. And those who are watching live are, you know, we're in for a real treat. So, <laughs> anywho, uh, yeah, dude, this camp. Okay, so sometimes it's, sometimes it's five days it was four days this year just because um of how fourth of july was mm -hmm. um and so you know this was the i think fourth summer so we learned some things um the first and and i'm not surprised by the learnings at all the first couple of years my colleague at the time insisted that there be um, like a theory opportunity. Uh, you should have seen those kids. I mean, I hired the coolest, like, like out. yeah, I like <laughs> hired the coolest, funniest, freshest people. Cause I already anticipated this as a problem, Yeah, but man, theory class, you could see the kids walking and they'd be like, looking like Eeyore. <laughs> kicking rocks <laughs> you'd walk by the class and they're just like glazed over yeah. as you said totally checked out and just like dude we gotta get rid of this they don't need it that's the thing yes we want them to learn that someday why yes. do they have to learn it the first day they're playing their instrument why do we sit kids down and be like here's your book you know i mean why do we do that that's not how I ever remember learning something that I still remember. I'm sure I, you know, I, I sat through pl plenty of those classes, but I didn't retain that information because I wasn't invested in it. I wasn't engaged. How can you ask kids to care deeply about learning something that they don't even know what it is yet? Right. And furthermore, music theory is actually quite like commonsensical mm -hmm. if it is approached in the right way. Unfortunately for me, the way I was taught music theory was, you know, via J.S. Bach. And like, I mean, it's just like, it, it basically rendered it literally, I couldn't understand. Like mm -hmm. I struggled, I struggled and I'm just thinking to myself, like, how come I was never taught like three chords in the truth, man? Like, yeah, I, I literally, I was in college and did not understand chord Same. structure. Same. I did not understand Same. it. I was handed all of these exercises by my professor and like, it's J.S. Bach and I'm identifying chords and i'm like i don't even know what this is like what what, is, what does this mean yeah and if i had been taught orally to feel the movement of chords which i didn't even have that mm -hmm. like all i could do was 
as Bob Phillips says, musically type on my violin, mm -hmm. the melody of various classical pieces. <laughs> right. Yeah. Same, except for the counter melody. <laughs> right. Because you were on a trombone. <laughs> and I'm really good at, at counting like 80 measures of rest. <laughs> and so it's like, I, I feel sometimes like the music theory will come at the appropriate time for yeah. the kid in their musical journey. And we get real bogged down as teachers in the classroom, um, especially those of us that have to follow a specific curriculum. Um, sure. We get real bogged down going, but we're not following the curriculum, but kids aren't supposed to do that then. They're supposed to wait till later to do that. Oh, they're supposed to do this first and then this and then this. And it's like this only one right way kind of thinking. Yeah. And we hold kids back from the magic of music by like doling out on our I terms. bequeath this scale yes. upon you. <laughs> on our terms. We are going right. to do it this way. You may I know best. Yeah, because I, I don't know think best. we know best all the time. Kids often know best or better. <laughs> well, I mean, this is a thing in all of education. Like I remember distinctly thinking as a teenager and as a middle schooler, I think I actually would like. Greek mythology. I think I actually would like thus and so book that's a classic that's part of the curriculum in this mm -hmm. class. Problem is all the stupid shit I have to do with it and all the papers I have to write, all the discussions I have to turn and talk and have, and all the assignments and vocabulary worksheets and all of the stuff that just literally ruins it for me. Yeah. But we ruin, I don't know, I'm just venturing to say that by like making a prescribed, like a prescribed like step-by-step mm -hmm. -step right. path that everyone must follow. Yeah. I, I believe we douse music for some people. Yeah. Um, agreed. And I have like five tangents I want to go on from there. I know. Keep I know. down this path. Let's keep down this path. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so when um, that colleague no longer worked with me, I got rid of the theory part right away. Um, there was also, um, and I think this was a good idea and maybe, maybe worth keeping, but I got rid of anyway, because I think it was the right thing to do. Anyway, we had a, well, we all know that if, if drums is one of the offerings that every kid will choose drums, but only about five of them will actually want to be a drummer once they do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, <laughs> yeah. So I decided that no one would play the drums as their instrument choice, but that everyone would have would like go through the drum class a couple times the, that week or oh, something. Okay. Okay. And I thought that was kind of a good way to deal with it. But, but um, what I didn't like is that it othered drums, which mm -hmm. was not, that's not what I was trying to do. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't even think anyone gave feedback to that effect. It just felt a little gross to me. Yeah. And so instead, at Meet Your Instrument Day, added drums mm -hmm. to sort of see what would happen as an experiment. And what the that experiment showed is that very few kids picked drums as their primary instrument. Um, they just, they got the, I want to hit this thing out of yeah. their system and realized they were a clarinetist right. just <laughs> by having that at Meet Your Instrument Day. So, um, so we were able to add drums as one of the 10 instrument offerings, which ended up being really cool. So I think it worked out really well. Yeah. So really other than getting rid of that theory thing and putting drums with everyone else, it's kind of the same camp it always has been. 
which is it's like a four hour day yeah which is also like humane it's humane it's refreshing like you have enough time to sit and bask in how good it feels to teach kids right and then you like go home and eat lunch and it's right three hours would probably be better for teachers and five hours would probably be better for parents so we just split it right Right. that's what it was (laughs) so it's like four hours and um in the beginning the bulk of that time is with your section because we know that in the beginning learning (laughs) that that's a really slow process because everyone holds their instrument and makes a sound on their instrument and puts it together in different ways. So if we could have specialists doing that with just the kids on that instrument and they can build their community and do what they need to do Mm -hmm. at the beginning, then we can sort of accelerate into the group a lot faster. So I'm pretty sure that first day it was like three hours with your section, which I acknowledge is a lot. It's a lot, but when you have someone you're teaching with, it's easy. And you have a lunch break that you don't yeah. have to supervise built in. Um, and then sort of to offset teacher exhaustion and also for the kids to like get really pumped up and to see mm-hmm. where this is going. We have an all play the last hour of that first day. And it is, you know, Kelly at her... <laughs> most like I really pumped myself up for that one because you have to be super clear super consistent positive (laughs) and fun and engaging uh which for me is funny Um, (laughs) and it's a lot but we want those kids to leave at the end of the first day feeling like they accomplished something that they're proud of and they're excited to learn more about. I mean, that's the idea, right? And so I I was like, I was surprised. Like every kid in my group came back the next day and I was just like, I was a little worried. I was like, what if I have kids that quit? Yeah. yeah yeah no one did no No one one did who does um yeah and I'm pretty sure at the end of that first day we just all brought our instruments to playing position and maybe held a pitch for four beats Mm -hmm. I think and then released and went to like rest position I think that's probably what we got through and we talked about you know the one note samba rhythm Okay. Right. But that was just like, you know, learning the rhythm, not on the instrument, but just right. So like saying it. Yeah. And then I think, um, there was probably a little extra time built in to pack up your instrument properly with like at home and walk safely to the car. Oh my God. I swear to God, those guitar kids were so cute, man, because we like practiced how we were going to walk yeah hold the instrument we're going to support it here and underneath and those kids man like they were dialed in with pride yeah they walked with tall posture i get to take this thing home what holding their guitar like this and like carefully walking up all those (laughs) it was just so adorbs man like they made a show of Mm -hmm. like holding position rest position and like Uh that to me was so healing man because I had just come off of my fourth year of teaching high school and high school kids are different than that and I needed a little shot of that I needed I needed that age of kid one more time to Mm -hmm. remind me how much I absolutely love teaching yeah oh that's nice it was same same yeah I it's my favorite camp of the summer too um and uh I also try and make really clear on that first day that like you know if these instructions feel really rigid or um almost like the military that's why they may be used to exist 
But now it's because we, you know, the things that remain are for safety of safety. your instrument and just like being a kind colleague, Yep. you know, being a yep. nice human. We're not going to play while these other people are talking because we're humans and that's yeah. not nice. And you know? everybody demonstrated such great behavior. And yeah. um, what I, I just loved was the um, teaching artists that were interspersed together in that large ensemble. Oh yeah, that's an important thing. Knee to knee, situated as learners, like we yep. always talk about. Yep, knee to knee. And like, this is like, culturally responsive teaching. This is bringing the community into your classroom. This is creating real things with real artists. And each and every one of those teachers, like literally you see their name on like the marquee at the triple door, you know, um, each and every one of those people. And they drop their ego at the door to sit and um, share something they love mm -hmm. with kids and each and every one of those kids returned the favor by being excited about the learning and misbehavior was not a thing no camp it was not a thing there were a hundred kids there were a hundred kids of the craziest age besides kindergarten you know, like, right. Yeah. But also like a real nice teaching ratio because hundred right. kids, 10 instruments. So 10 kids per instrument with two teachers. So it's a one to five ratio plus yeah. as ed staff. Um, there's a lot of people involved it's a, for this camp. So, I mean, people sitting and listening to us, they'll be doing it later because I'm pretty sure it's just me who has logged into our <laughs> live broadcast. It's Friday, it's dude. It's, yeah. it's, it's, we're Friday. on strike. Uh, we're on strike. Um, but I kind of forgot where I was going. Oh, nice. Yeah. People, people are going to, oh, where I was going was, yes. this is like, yeah, we're on strike. Um, you think like it's realistic to team teach everything and like have all these teaching artists and um, people in your classroom and doing all this stuff. A lot of people would resort to saying like, that's not possible and just being really cynical about it. Yeah. Cause I understand like budgets are tight, man. And this um, is an expensive camp. It's by far our most expensive program right? because of right. the number of teachers number of teachers and everyone is compensated like very fairly very fairly and it's just like it's a no-brainer man like of course i'm gonna say yes um but it's like we in our public school classrooms are like i don't have the budget i don't have this i don't have that but you know i just want to point out that kelly and i were colleagues in the same music department. You were the band guy, mm -hmm. I was the orchestra person. Mm -hmm. And we decided that we were going to kind of drop the act and team teach together. So we yep. achieved that mm -hmm. without the budget worries. No budget, just our normal salaries. But it, it required you to put your ego away. It required me to put my ego away. It required both of us to kind of envision music different because it's not the way I was taught. It's not the music I was taught to teach. It's not the, um, I don't know. I mean, like we had to like make things work. We were handing yeah. band. I'm pretty cards. sure we taught to our beginners, it was like open string cycle, beginning band learned the open string cycle. Right. And we and called it that. cabbages down. Yeah. We called it the open string cycle. Right. Even though it was long tones for them. Yeah. And, you know, but the reason we taught them that was twofold because it's good to learn 
long tones. Yeah. And they could join the strings when the strings did their warm up instead of just sitting there. Instead of just sitting there. And but who cares if a B flat's a better starting note? Says who? Right. It's fine. They're right. fine. There's, there's probably some naysayer in the crowd going, I would never teach it a G natural to trumpets. Get over okay. yourself. Yeah, get over yourself. So it it really just it immediately starts kids with no there are no barriers to learning. Right. The note is this, you're going to play this note. Let me show you how. Mm-hmm. And then it leads to you know transposition right away like right away. understanding the transposition between um, concert pitch instruments and their instrument right away because when the strings are in that room we're talking concert and you have and the other kids are you know teaching their colleagues right yeah. like um you know uh strings i want you to understand for a minute that um you know what the trumpets are doing it's called transposition they're they're actually playing a different note. And so it's it's confusing for them when I say to play a concert C and they're playing a note called D. So let me just take a pause here. Yeah. And, and uh, these are the folks who are gonna transpose to that note. And we right. practice it a couple of Not times. Not to mention your concert like, C, your D, yeah. you know? Not to mention like violists um, were always, always expected from the get-go to be able to figure out process write note names or whatever for treble clef notes because in no other (laughs) sector of music is the alto clef it's a lunacy it literally does not exist for any other instrument so It's like, I think all of our violists over the years felt prideful about being able to gladly take a treble clef sheet of music and they'd be like, getting out my pencil. Yeah. And they'd write notes. They feel like they're the cool kid because I can do this thing. Exactly. And they felt versatile and they felt like, you know, and I'm just saying like, it just makes you into a much more versatile musician and way more open-minded. It just, I just, I, I really feel like, and especially at the beginning of the year, this is that moment where we're all jumping off into what it is we're gonna teach. My hope is that we all try to figure out as we go along, what barriers can I remove? to unbridled joy in music making, which is also learning. I mean, those two things go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Well, at the end of that camp, they play as a combined ensemble, uh, teachers playing knee to knee. G jam blues because mm-hmm. that's a better key for strings. I didn't know that, but our bass before we added violin and cello, we still had bass. Mm-hmm. And the bass teachers were like, that's actually not a great place for us to be starting. Could we do it in G? And I was like, I don't see why not. Yeah. And so we did. And it has remained. Uh, and was so it was really easy to bring violins and cellos into the yeah. mix with G jam blues. And who cares that it's kind of funny because you get to teach the families now when you're, um, you know, doing your announcements that the song is traditionally called C Jam Blues or Duke's Place. And it's, you know, one of the first songs that most jazz musicians learn to improvise on. And uh, we even do it in Weebop and uh, we're calling it G Jam Blues because it's a better key for kids. And now they're even learning that there's this thing called keys and that they can mm-hmm. move around. and. Mm-hmm right like that's how you teach theory <laughs> right that's how i mean like a means to an end like yeah that's all they need to know right like, now yeah they've and learned then, how to transpose yeah and uh that's enough that's enough and let's behold these kids playing some awesome music and yeah. um celebrate and like i just don't see how 
they wouldn't want to keep on playing after that. Yeah. And uh, we added some choruses for teachers to take solo. Yeah. Kids are learning what a chorus is on day two on their instrument. And, right. And the thing is, and this is what I love about the Wintergrass Youth Orchestra too. Mm-hmm. Is there's several pros that sit in in mm-hmm. that event as well. Um, and basically it's fail safe. There's no way that this thing isn't going to be pulled off and it is going to sound way cool no matter what, you know? And so, yeah, let's, let's let those teaching artists that are sitting in the ensemble take a chorus, man. I want to hear these people do something. And the kids are learning right away that, wow, each, each time they did that, it sounded a little different. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, that's improvisation. Oh, yeah. Um, so that bit's cool. And uh, also, I think the kids are learning that, like, my teacher's not too good to play this basic melody. Right. 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 My teacher's not so advanced that they're past that song. No, yeah. they play G Jam Blues too. And they're into it. Yeah. <laughs> and they're going to go play it at, at the bar later. <laughs> absolutely. And then uh, One Note Samba, which, uh, you know, Mike, back when we started the camp, my colleague wanted to write the rhythm down. And I was like, no, dude, that is one crazy looking rhythm. Why would we write that down? Like, we're just going to make everyone's head explode. I'll just, I'll let me just do it. And so driving to camp, I thought of just this stupid word I don't know why I thought of I like to go to movies and I like to eat popcorn but I did and that's how I taught it the first year and I remember thinking okay I'll come up with some better words for next year but then when we came back to camp that next year all the teachers were like I like to go to and and convinced me that it couldn't go away so (laughs) we still do the popcorn and uh, teachers play the bridge which is quite tricky on that song and uh and then each of the sections has a little showcase it's so cool man i mean it's just great so um it's it's like a highly recommended like send kids to this if you live in the seattle area send kids to this next year but also think about ways i mean this is my hope for all of us entering into a school year right now Mm. after the strike ends Think about ways to eliminate the barriers to the joy of music making. Think about ways that you can light the fire and not douse the fire. Mm -hmm. How can we say yes to each other? How can we say yes to more families, right? And uh, also, I would be so down to help other people plan a camp like this. Oh yeah. You know, if I were in like a smaller school district or a rural school, you could bring together all of the teachers, music teachers in that district. Yeah. And this is how you start your EIM kids. Right. And then they're just ready to launch. Right. I mean, even Seattle schools could do something like this, right? Like anyone who wants to play an instrument next year at school, come to this camp. The teachers are the staff, you know, get it all set up for success. It would never happen. Well, it it wouldn't happen because a lot of times teachers compete for um, recruitment and stuff like that. Um, And they're, they're like, I'll be damned if the choir teacher is going to steal that many kids and you know no one's gonna sign up for orchestra and we just kind of like get caught up in the speed bumps of like starting to think like our kids are sort of our property right ram i'm so grossed out by that dude let's do a whole episode about that i know i know seriously it is definitely a, a conversation topic but like that's why i say when you decide to bravely or courageously collaborate, as I love to say. Mm-hmm. When you decide to do that, you have to check a ton of old beliefs at the door. Yeah, you gotta, you you gotta go try- on the ride. <laughs> you are not trying to steal students from me. No, that's you know? not even a thing. That's not a real thing, people. 
so anyway i mean that's like this is jumping off into the whole season and we've got some amazing folks that we're going to be talking to this year um so excited i'm excited too dude nice start to the season we had got some technical difficulties out of the way (laughs) this computer like decided it was maybe not wanting to be alive anymore right before the show and we worked through it we went on a tour of my house while i found an extension cord your sound stopped working (laughs) that was and look at we're here we're fine everything's (laughs) cool no problem let's just get let's just do it it's It's plastic. plastic (laughs) We'll tell that story someday when Carol Burton's on. A million thanks to our listeners, followers, and subscribers. The support we receive monetarily and otherwise helps us to be able to spend time creating a quality product, and it allows us to tap into partnerships and resources to which we wouldn't normally have access. We are stoked about the journey of learning we have ahead of us, and we are delighted you've decided to join.